0: Amen. Isaiah chapter number 24, and uh, we're going to read a few verses of scripture this morning from an unusual passage. Uh, But the Lord put a burden on my heart the last couple of weeks to take a few messages and uh, preach on the end times. We're not done in Acts. Uh, In fact, we'll come back to it sometime this week uh, in Acts 5. But I want to take a few sermons. Uh, over the next few weeks, we may not do it in consecutive order, but just preach a little bit on the end time. I really want to preach on the millennial reign. That's what I'm wanting to get to. You don't hear much preaching on that. And in fact, I ain't hardly heard any preaching on it. There's a lot in there, though. and uh, But I, I want to look to this morning at Isaiah chapter 24 and verse number 1. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Isaiah 24. Let's begin reading, please, in verse number 1. I'll read verses 1 through 3. And then we'll pray and try to give you the message. The Bible says, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and as with the servant, so with his master, and as with the maid, so with her mistress, and as with the buyer, so with the seller, and as with the lender, so with the borrower, And as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of the usury to him, the land shall utterly be emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. Lord, we love you today because you first loved us, and thank you for the word of God. And Lord, thank you for this particular text that you've led us to. And Lord, I pray that you would give us clarity in the scriptures. Lord, you'd help us to... Uh, speak uh, in a clear tone and, or a clear terms, so we'll all understand what's being said or we don't want any confusion today. But I pray most of all that Jesus Christ will be magnified and glorified in all that's said and done. Thank you for everyone that's come out this way this morning. Speak to hearts. Lord, for there is one here that is lost, I pray, God, that you would deal with their hearts and save them by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Within the context of our Scriptures, we find the prophet Isaiah is writing about future things. In fact, the days that Isaiah is writing about that we have just read in the text, he wrote these about 2,723 years ago. And what Isaiah wrote about still ain't happened yet. But I guarantee you they will happen. For the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said that a, a Savior, a Messiah would come. He would be bruised. He would. The Lord would lay on him the iniquity of us all. And the Lord would see uh, His righteous servant be raised up. And all that happened... And so I've just got a sneaking suspicion uh, that if Isaiah was right about the first coming of the Lord Jesus, he's going to be right about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, we read these verses with a lot of people that will scoff and say, well, preachers have been preaching for years that the Lord's coming back. Peter talked about those that said, where is the promise of His coming? Uh, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But I'll just remind you, since the Lord didn't come yet, Day, that means he might come today. And if he don't come tomorrow, I'm gonna to look for him Tuesday, and so on and so forth. Jesus is coming again, and I thank God for that. Now, to understand, and what's going on in Isaiah 24 is the contents of the tribulation period on the earth. In verse number two, when it says that it shall be with the people, and so are the priests, and the servant and the master and the mistress and the buyer and the seller, that means that it's gonna affect everybody on the earth. The tribulation period, it don't matter matter what how social class you're in doesn't matter where you're in society the judgment of god will affect all of those uh, now i, I got to lay some groundwork to get where i'm going and, and we'll try to uh, preach quick if you'll listen quick, uh, but I want to quickly give you a rundown, I've given this many times before, but I want to emphasize a rundown of the last time, how are things going to happen what is the next thing uh, that's going to happen on God's prophetical calendar if you would well, that's the rapture of the church, amen, the, the tribulation period will not occur until the church is raptured out, amen, we'll say more about that in a moment, but after the rapture of the church is when the tribulation period will begin. The tribulation period will take place on this earth for seven years. And then what will conclude the tribulation period is in Revelation 19 when the Lord comes back on that white horse. Now remember at the rapture of the church, the church is going to be called up according to 1 Thessalonians 4. The Lord will not set foot on the earth until Revelation 19 after the tribulation period. And so and then there will be the reign of this Christ Around the millennial reign and we want to get to we won't get to it today but that's what I'm that's what I'm leaning up to uh, but I want to lay the groundwork properly to get us to that point it's interesting this morning that from Genesis 1 to Genesis 12 is 2,000 years of human history but then from Genesis 13 to Acts 2 is another 2,000 years and then from Acts 2 to today is roughly another 2,000 years See how time just spreads at The world's not millions of years old. As the evolutionists say, it's probably just a little over 6,000 years old. Somebody said, what about those fossils of those dinosaurs? The flood. The flood. Amen. And boy, I ain't got time to talk about all that. Go up there and just go to Kentucky and they'll straighten all that out for you. All right? Uh, but what I'm saying this morning is, is time is going by quickly. In fact, we was at Hobby Lobby last night. And you know what they've already got out in June? Christmas stuff. I'm walking through singing, walking in on winter wonderland. I love it because I love it. It bothers everybody else. <laughs> Amen. I love to put up my Christmas tree on Halloween night just to aggravate all those people that think Thanksgiving's a national holiday. All right? Amen. Thanksgiving's every day of the year. And you can fry a turkey any day you want to. Amen. And I eat what I want to every day of the year. All right? I, I'm not against Thanksgiving, especially frying the turkey. Somebody help me right there. But but we're, we're talking about, and Dax, I said, boy, this year's gone by quick. In six months, it ought to be. Christmas again. Time is going by quickly. I want to preach this morning and use for a text in verse number 1 where the prophet Isaiah makes this statement. Behold the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. I want to preach on this thought this morning when God turns the world upside down. When God turns the world upside Upside down. For what Isaiah is writing about, and we'll read through these verses as we preach this morning, and we'll reference many other verses throughout of the message this morning, but what Isaiah is talking about is the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble. And Isaiah uses this etymology, this term. He said, during that time, the Lord is going to make waste of the earth, and God's literally going to turn this world upside down. It's going to be an awful time. I want to preach on the tribulation period today, and I want to do so from a different angle than what I've done before. I don't have anything new this morning. Some of these notes I've used from other messages, and the Lord's given us some other things, but I I do want to take a different angle. I want to talk about three things this morning. I'll probably only get one preached, and I'll preach the other two tonight. But I want to talk about the conditions of the world prior to the tribulation period. Then I want to talk about the conditions of the world prophesied during the tribulation period. And then the conditions of the world produced after the tribulation period. We're going to try to deal with this first one this morning. First of all, the conditions of the world prior to the tribulation period. In other words, the world that you and I are living in right now, there are no signs for the rapture of the church. Matthew 24 are signs uh, appointed to the revelation of Jesus Christ when it comes back to Revelation 19. I know that runs together, but hang with me. We're going to try to tie these loose ends together. So I said, preacher, what is the world going to look like prior uh, to the tribulation period? Well, look around. Scroll through your Facebook. Uh, Turn on the news. Look at YouTube. Uh, Just go to Walmart. Go to the and look around and see what the world is like. I'll tell you what the world's like. People are driven by the flesh. We're living in Judges 21-25 where the Bible said there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eye. Oh, we're living in the day where everybody says it feels good, do it. And in fact, here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Are we not living that today? I mean, people love themselves. This is the selfie generation. People have more pictures of themselves on their cell phone. I don't. I have pictures of Sightler on my phone because he gets my phone and takes 700 selfies and that's not a lie. But people have more pictures of themselves on their cell phone and it's all about them. I've never understood. I'm not picking on you ladies. I've never understood why you want to take a picture in the bathroom. The nastiest room in the house. And you want to take your picture in there. Don't you have any other room with a mirror that you can take a picture in? But that's neither here nor there. But you know why we do that? We love ourselves. We are Proud of ourselves. There's nothing wrong with dressing the dice and taking care of yourself and practicing good hygiene. We all do appreciate that. So I said, I don't practice good hygiene. We're going to catch wind of it sooner or later. I promise you that. Somebody come up to Billy Kelly one time, got right up in his face. He said, do you remember me? But the Billy said, no, but your breast's familiar. (laughs) Amen. I'm not against having good hygiene. I'm not against wearing nice clothes, having nice face. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, people are in love with themselves. Lovers of their own selves. They're, here's what else Paul said. They're covetous. They want to steal everything. They're boasters. They're proud. They're blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. We can park right there and, and nail our hide to the wall. We're not as thankful as we ought to be for the blessings and the goodness of God He's given us. I'll tell you this morning, God's put clothes on our back. God's put shoes on our feet. God has provided the food that we need. God has met every need that we have. And He's even given us some of our wants. i tell you we ought to be thankful this morning. The Bible said, oh give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. But we're living in a generation where we feel like God owes us what we have. Amen. We want to preach against the liberals uh, for having a, a self uh, you got to give me a self-help mentality. I, I deserve this. We're just as bad. God don't owe us anything this morning. Uh, God don't owe us any blessings. God don't owe us any kindness. But anything that God has given me, anything that God has given you, that's nothing more than an act of the mercy and the grace of God and the kindness of the Lord in His life. Hey, that car, that truck you're driving this morning, God gave you the ability uh, to have a job, uh, to earn that money, to purchase that vehicle and to put the gas in it. Amen. And, and, to, and to work on it. God gave you the ability to uh, to work and had the money uh, to buy the clothes you have and the food that you eat and the health that you enjoy. God gave you that. And I think it's high time that we don't get mushmouth when it comes testimony time. We ought to speak up and say, Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness to me and for your kindness to me. I don't deserve anything you've given him and me if I got what I deserved and if you got what you deserved we'd all be in hell this morning oh but aren't you glad that God did not give us what we deserve oh but God who is rich in mercy for with His great love wherewith He loved us in it's of the Lord's mercies oh, that we're not consumed because His compassion fail not for by grace you you saved through faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works as any man should boast anything that God gives us is a sign of His kindness. Unthankful. They're unholy. They're, they're, they're without natural affection. Why would a mama leave a kid in the car and burn up in the heat while she goes and do, does drugs? Without natural affection. Without natural affection. Truth breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. The word incontinent means without self-control. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady. I could preach a series on all of these. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And here's the religious world having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Is that not what we're living at today? I mean, we have more blessings than any generation's ever had and less appreciation for those blessings. I mean, can you imagine what Spurgeon would have done uh, with the technology we have today. They had the technology to re- to record Spurgeon's preaching toward the end of his life, and some moron didn't think it would work. Wouldn't you like to beat that guy up one day? Wouldn't you like to hear what Spurgeon sounded like preaching? I would have, even if he didn't smoke cigars. Somebody help me. Uh, but what I'm saying this morning is, is you imagine what those men would have done without technology? And we use it for such frivolous things. They don't mean anything. They don't last for anything. Amen. I I'd say we're quick to we're quick to brag on ourselves on our social media. But when's the last time you put up a scripture verse and brag on the Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, when's the last time you gave your testimony and told somebody about the Lord? Hey, Amen. We'll have some tracts that are going to be delivered here on Tuesday, Lord willing, if UPS don't mess it up. Uh, when's the last time you gave out a gospel track and told somebody that Jesus loved them and that He cared about them? Amen. But we have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. What is the condition of the world going to be like prior to the tribulation period? Well, there's going to be people driven by the flesh. How about this? People that are degrading the family. I know what month it is. It's the month of June. It's the month of my wife's birthday. That's what it is. It's It's the most underrated Sunday of the year coming up next Sunday. Father's Day. I saw somebody put up a mean post on Facebook that dads eat for free at Chick-fil-A next Sunday. That ain't funny. That ain't funny at all. <laughs> That's like saying moms can buy anything they want to a Hobby Lobby 50% off on Mother's Day. They're closed on Sunday too for you people that don't know. <laughs> but what I'm talking about this morning is, is degrading the family. They want to talk about their pride month. They want to talk about their sodomy and their wickedness and things of that nature. And they're degrading the family. By the way, may I remind you, the family has been under attack since Genesis chapter 3 when the serpent came in that garden and told Eve, Yea, hath God said... Genesis 4. It was the it was the devil, even though it may not have been a direct influence, such in the case of Eve. But it was the devil and it was sin that influenced Cain to murder his brother Abel. The family's been under attack. They want to make you think, sir, that because you have a wife and because you have children, that you must walk around with a club and your knuckles dragging the ground, going, uh. Oh. Of course, talking to some of the some teenage boys around here, I wonder if their dad's doing it. Uh how you doing? uh oh. Do you not speak? Teenagers, are all like that. How you doing? Uh, I'm wondering if they're cavemen. I don't know. Hey man, there's no, there's no condition. No, no. I got a son that has autism, so I'm not making fun of that. I'm not about a teenager that's too too lazy to talk. All right. How you doing today? Uh, okay. I think that's good. Okay. I'm gonna take that as you're having a good day. We're gonna walk on and look over my shoulder as I walk away. Uh, what I'm saying this morning, degrading the family. I'm trying to, I'm trying to allow, allow immorality to go on in our schools and our libraries. I'm talking about pornographic material in elementary school. Terrible. Terrible. What are they doing? Degrading the family. You know, two times, many times, but two specific times in the Word of God, they were killing babies. Exodus chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. Exodus 1, Pharaoh was commanded that all the boy babies be killed. Why did he do that? Two reasons. One, he's trying to annihilate the Hebrew race. And number two, he's making sure that all those, all those Hebrew girls have to marry Egyptian men if they're going to have a family. Trying to mix the world and God's people together. And then Matthew 2, Herod commanded uh, that all the babies aged two and under be killed because he was trying to kill the Lord Jesus Christ, of which he could not have done. Alright? Unlike something I heard earlier this week. Uh, but what I'm saying this morning is, is both times... When they were killing babies, a deliverer was showing up. <laughs> Moses showed up and got God's people out of Egypt. And when they were killing babies in Matthew, the Lord Jesus was on the scene and He delivered humanity from the sin death of all, all time. Amen? People are degrading the family. What are the conditions prior to the tribulation period? People are driven by the flesh. People are degrading the family. Well, how about this? People are, people are, Departing from the faith. right, people that's been in church, even men that's preached the Word of God. Here's what Paul said the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some, thank God not all, but some shall depart from the faith. What, how are they going to do it? They're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Jude writes about those ungodly men who crept in unawares, who were before ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 2, 9, John said, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not, no, no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us." Paul warned about those that would show up preaching another gospel and another Jesus in another spirit. And Paul said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. He said, if anybody shows up and they preach that salvation is by good works, or salvation is by water baptism or salvation is in a list of do's and don'ts in order to attain salvation, Paul said, let that man be accursed. You really don't want to know what that word or what a curse means, If some people would have a stroke. But Paul said, let them be damned. Let them go to hell if that's what they're going to preach. If they're going to try to drag other men to hell, let them go. Yeah. That's rough. And that's tough. But it's right. Yeah. Paul said they're going to turn people away from the gospel. And that's going on in this day and age. Yeah. Men that used to preach this Bible. Oh, men that used to stand for truth. Men that used to have some convictions about this book and what they believe now are backing up on it and changing but Tim Green said, Evangelist Tim Green said, these men are not changing. They're simply revealing what they were the entire time. I believe there's some truth to that statement this morning. What is going on prior to the tribulation period? The family's being destroyed. People are departing from the faith. How about this one? People are being damaged by the foe. Is Satan, and I know this ain't—I know this ain't expositional, but let me just preach. I'm gonna get—I'll give you more Bible than what you want tonight, all right? Uh, but ain't it amazing? I'm trying to paint the picture of where we're living at in 2023. Ain't it amazing to see what sin and what the devil has done to people's lives? I'm talking about through the drug system through the alcohol system. I saw a video this week that greatly disturbed me. A, a company was working in a house doing some work, and they heard something in the ad, and they crawled up there, and there was, there was an individual uh, that you could not even tell it was a person on first glance, uh, but they were so strung out on drugs and methamphetamines that they were beating themselves against the floor. Sin. Immorality. Wickedness. Filth. The Bible said be sober and Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil walketh about the a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. John 10 said, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. We're living in a wicked day. A wicked day. You can't let your kids go outside and play anymore without a fear being in your mind. Come on parents, talk to me. I mean you walk through the store and you got to make sure that you've got one eye on them and one hand on them because there's some pervert out there that wants to throw them in a van and put them put them in a sex slave system for the rest of their life. It's where we're living at. Concord meals, it goes on. It's all around. Wickedness. I live I live in faith. Sweet little faith. Sweet little Mayberry. I've got drug addicts all around me. It is it is it is there. You can it don't matter if you live in a fancy neighborhood or, or 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 a bad neighborhood sins everywhere. You look around all the damage, all the filth that the enemy has done. And when you realize when God created this earth, he created it perfectly. But man messed it up. And everything that has happened, well wouldn't you like to see in this world before man messed it up? Wouldn't you like to see in this world? Oh, before sin messed it up, but man has degraded the world and degraded other uh, bodies and degraded their lives, and now they don't know which bathroom to go in. Uh, let me. Uh, can I, I shouldn't have to say this, but let me say that this morning. Sir, hey, young men, God made you a male. He didn't make a mistake. And ladies, God made you a female. He didn't make a mistake. Amen. God knew what He was doing. God knew when He designed you, uh, what He was doing when He made you. Don't you let somebody uh, that has a uh, danger on, uh, on their hair and, and, their, and tape around their glasses and think they know what they're talking about. I'll tell you that God made a mistake when He made you. He made a male and female in the garden. God did not make a mistake. Amen. It's exactly right. It's sad that you've got to preach on that, though. In an old-fashioned Baptist church, you've got to make sure the young people know that. I'm not saying that the parents are not teaching that, but I hope to be a second witness to that. Amen. I mean, my, my goodness, Mr. Rogers knew that. By the way, confession, I hated Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Them puppets scared me to death. <laughs> All right? They were bad puppets. You'd think for the budget he had, he could have done better. But what I'm saying this morning is is that uh, is, uh, the world is trying to confuse our young people. You know, it's amazing. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. And thanks to you good people, on birthdays and anniversaries, I got $275 worth of Cheesecake Factory gift cards. And so I told Grace, I said, tell your mom and daddy and family we're going to go to Cheesecake Factory tomorrow for your birthday. And I said, to beat the crowd, we're going to get there at 3 o'clock. We get there at 3 o'clock, drive an hour to South Park Mall, go in. I said, yeah, I need a table for eight. They said, it would be a three-hour wait. I said, Three hours. <laughs> at 3 o'clock? I said, I don't want to eat supper, I want to eat lunch. And so we ended up going to Texas Roadhouse, an hour from my house when I have one four miles from my house. But that's my life. So I do have some Cheesecake Factory gift cards. I might just go at midnight or two a.m. when there ain't nobody else there. But uh, and this lady walked up. I almost said it last. I almost said it, but I wasn't in a good mood and I didn't want to. I didn't want to get in a fight. But this lady walked up and said, "Oh, ain't that a blessing? Y'all got two boys and a girl." I almost want to say, "Well, they haven't decided what they are yet." <laughs> Man, I come that close to saying that. But also, you don't, do not, here's a great word of wisdom, do not pick on the people who are cooking your food. <laughs> All right? Great law. proverb. Prover, it should have been in Proverbs 32, but he didn't write that much. But you know what? I, I could have said, well, I ain't inside of what they are yet. He thinks he's a flamingo. Now, we laugh, but they got litter boxes in schools. It, 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 tell me I'm not the only one that's seen that before. Not the litter box, but it's in schools. Cat food. All sorts of weird stuff. Why? Degrading the family. The foes, he's a deceiver. You know, we laugh about that. That's goofy. But there are people out there, and that is reality to them this morning. We laugh about that. Say, boy, hey, that person thinks they're a cat. That guy thinks he's a woman. That woman thinks she's a guy. I'm going to tell you what it is. We laugh about it. We make fun of it. We pick at it. But it's sin and it's tragic. It really is tragic to see what sin has done to so many lives. You can't even watch a ball game anymore without them waving a pride flag. If they knew where the rainbow come from, they might not be (laughs) waving a pride flag. (laughs) Amen. But obviously they've never read Genesis 6. Probably because they never read Genesis 2 where God made a male and female. So they didn't get that far either. And it tragic? And I guarantee you this morning, every family in here has been affected by sin, whether it's the sin of sodomy, drunkenness, immorality, adultery, fornication. We've all, our families have been touched by it. That's the world we're living in. I don't know about you as a daddy. Come on, dads, help me out. It bothers me a little bit raising kids in this day. Moms, help me out. Y'all with me? Just a little. Man, it, I'm, I'm 31. Yes, my wife is older than me. <laughs> She'll be at the nursing home a year and six months before I get there. All right. Yeah. Hey, Amen. But you know, you hear all these people say, "Boy, when I was growing up, it was different." You know, I know you walked up hill to school both ways. All you got for Christmas was an orange. We we we've heard that. Thank you. But here I am, thirty-one years old, and saying, "Boy, this America ain't the same one I grew my, I grew up in." I mean, when I told Grace last night I said you you do you miss being a teenager you go to the mall now you' scared to send your kid to the mall because you don't know if we're going to come back. I mean, even you got your kids there with you you're the you, it's just a wicked world that's the that is the world we're living in, and I'll let you know it ain't getting no better <laughs> i I hope the the current president if he survives the next November, I hope he is replaced with another president. Who do you want? Anybody. Anybody. I'll let my dumb dog run. I mean, my goodness. At least it knows which way it's going, all right? I like what David Epp said. He don't know if he's at the Waffle House or the White House. He can't figure it out. Ain't that sad? We laugh about it, but so is China. Can't you see him over in China? Oh, he fell down. <laughs> I like Trump. You got a button, we got a bigger button. I like that, okay? <laughs> Forgive me. I know we're all going to blow each other up, but at least it'll be fun go out in a blaze of glory. But here's what I'm saying. This is the world we're living in. And this ain't the tribulation period. It's going to get a whole lot worse. You come back tonight, I'll give you details of how bad it's going to be. during the. Tri- but this is the conditions prior to the tribulation period. I'm talking about wickedness. Sin. But I will say this this morning. There is a little thing that's going to happen before now in the tribulation period. Amen. And, and, and I tell you, I get tired of the sin in this world. And I get tired of seeing everything we're seeing. But I am listening for something. And I am looking for something. I am listening for a trumpet. And Paul said, I am looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, then, we, we, when, then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words I tell you this world's bad there's a lot of sin oh but I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again there is a blessed hope thank God he's not going to leave us here he's not going to leave us uh, to live in this world for all eternity but one day the trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and I said why is the dead in Christ going to rise first they got six feet further to go than we do, I guess. I don't know. Oh, but they're going to rise first. Oh, then we will are alive remain. We're going to meet them with the Lord in the air. You talk about a meeting. You talk about a time. What a meeting in the air. I'm glad the rapture is a reality this morning. Amen. A liberal told a friend of mine, said, I just wish all you Christians would leave. He said, we're going to. <laughs> we're going to, hey, man. Amen. We're going to get out of here one day. That is our blessed hope. Amen. I used to, when I was a young person, out here hear preachers preach on the rapture and, and all that. And I'd say, Lord, you know, Lord, at least let me get married or get my license. And I got my license. Lord, at least let me get married. Man, Lord, at least let me have some kids. And I tell you, the older I'm getting now, He wouldn't bother me to come today. Amen. So I said, what would you do if you knew the Lord was coming at midnight tonight? Run up all my credit cards. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I said, what would you do if the Lord... Hey, I'd, I'd try to tell somebody. You better get saved. Bury it right with God. Amen. I'll tell you this one. We're not promising He won't come before midnight. I'm talking about the conditions of this world prior to the tribulation period. That's where you're living at now. It ain't good. It ain't getting better. Look, and let's, y'all know y'all know who I am. All right. I'm gonna vote for Trump, but Trump ain't gonna fix everything. So I said, Why are you voting for Trump? I want cheaper gas. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, he ain't gonna fix the problem. I don't care who they. I don't care if they put. I don't care if they put the best born-again Baptist preacher in the White House. It ain't gonna fix our problems. The Bible said, All nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. And I believe America's been at that point. I believe we ought to pray. I believe we ought to vote. I believe men died so we can have that civic duty. Amen. I we ought to honor their death and honor what they stood for. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. But my hope's not in the next election. My hope is in the rapture of the church. Now, here's, and I'm done this morning. We'll preach other two points tonight about the tribulation period, but I want to lay the groundwork where, where you're at. But I wonder if the Lord was to come back. Are you ready? You know, I don't. You know, the Left Behind movies preach that if the Lord come back, you'd have another opportunity to get saved. Timothy Hay wrote that. He didn't always believe that, but when he made more money to write that, he started writing that. <laughs> Convenient. By the time the Lord comes back, you've heard a presentation of the gospel, you realize you're a sinner and you don't get saved, you'll be doomed for hell for all eternity. Are you ready to meet God like you stand this morning? Are you ready for the Lord to come? Well, preacher, I've heard all my life that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Well, he's coming. It's going to happen. Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord where you stand? Are you 100% sure? Are you hearing me this morning? I'm done. Are you 100% sure that the Lord came or God forbid you died today? By the way, either one of those things can happen. I don't want to think about it, but all of us get on that road, on that interstate, be gone just like that. By the way, you can die before you walk out of this building. Aneurysm, heart attack, Phil ain't picking on you, but I remember that Sunday morning, I was giving the invitation, and and we was fixing the clothes, and Phil was back in our back standing. Rob, you remember this? And he dropped. He, he, we still don't know what happened to him. I think Patty hit him or put something in his breakfast that morning. I literally thought he, I, I thought he, I thought he was dead, the way he went down. Thank God, God touched him, and it was something Patty's cooking or whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. Some of y'all remember that Sunday morning. And he got eighty five doctors. I think it's his ear, you know. Get back. You know, let the let the people get over there. I remember Tim got over to Phil and said, Phil, you okay? And Phil said, Yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, All right, he's ain't dead. But, do you realize I, I literally thought that morning. By the way, that could have happened. And I'm, a, I, I don't, I'm not a scare tactic preacher, I'm really not. There's some guys, they want to dress up the Grim Reaper and walk around and shake people and all that. I ain't got time for that. If the reality of death is not real enough for you, if the reality of meeting God is not real enough, it's going to happen, folks. You better know. You better know that. Well, preacher, I'm a member of the church. That ain't, that ain't salvation. Preacher, I've been baptized. That ain't salvation. Well, preacher, I prayed a prayer once. That's good. It ain't about praying a prayer. It's about knowing Jesus. By having a personal relationship. I, I won't do this this morning because I wouldn't embarrass anybody. But them old preachers that I used to grow up around. Brother Rich, here's how they do the invitation. They get done preaching. And then the preacher walked the congregation. He said, well, will you soul? he go to each member. Some of you know what I'm talking about. He said, well, will you soul? You ready to meet God. So I said, I scare tactics. No, I was a pastor just wanting to make sure that he had fulfilled his responsibility to make sure he explained the gospel to folks. And if somebody wanted to come to Christ, he was there to assist them. I won't do that to you this morning because I know that's not, it wouldn't make you feel comfortable. But if I was to do that, what would your answer be? If I was to reach out my hand and say, sir, ma'am, are you ready to meet God this morning? If the Lord was to come back, are you ready? What would your answer be? If I was to ask you, give me a Bible answer of how you know you're going to heaven, would you say, well, I'm a member of the church? Well, Brother Josh was preaching. Or, no, 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 no. What's your, what's your hope? It shouldn't be anything other than my faith is in Jesus Christ. That's what it boils down to. Are you ready to meet God this morning? Because one day God's going to turn this world upside down. And you don't want to be here. when it ha- I little believe this. Come on, Brother Matthew. Brother Jane, I believe there are people, I believe we're close to the coming of the Lord. Paul believed he was. And so I don't think it's wrong for me to believe that the Lord come back in my lifetime. But I believe there are people alive on this earth right now, Brother Jane, that will be in the tribulation period. I believe that. I mean, obviously, if I believe the Lord will come at any moment, that means there are people in this town, in this community, possibly even in this church, that will be in the tribulation period. And if you think it's bad right now, If you think gas is high now, you think things are high now, you wait to to the Antichrist rules. And all you get is a ration of food a day for a day's wages, enough food to feed one person. That's what Revelation 6 talks about. Are you ready to meet God? Let's stand together. I appreciate your attention.